welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's money com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Welcome. This is Crystal Arnold, your hostess of Money Wise Women and founder of Money Morphosis. Welcome, everyone. Uh, today's show is um, sponsored by the Purpose Playbook, which is this incredible collection of uh, tactics, tools, inspiration, really helping you take your life, career, and relationships to the next level. And uh, you can get their free seven-day email course and find that at www.purposeplaybook.com. So excited to be here and explore what is possible when we dream about what our guest Leanne Jacobs calls beautiful money. And I've really been sitting with what that means to me and the kind of beauty that it comes from the inside out and the kind of valuing our true wealth that really uh, includes financial prosperity, but uh, is really a more holistic sense of our well-being and how much joy we have in our life and how much time we spend doing what we truly enjoy. And and for me, beautiful money is really this um, acknowledgement of the power and and potential uh, in the energy that we call money and the way that we relate to it in a more enjoyable, um, healthy way and the practical steps uh, that Leanne and I both share in our work to, to really create a more satisfying relationship with money and to be able to connect uh, with others, whether we're entrepreneurs or um, mothers or leaders in our community, that we can really apply these uh, the skills of communication, organization, prioritization, and and really see the flourishing in in the whole mandala of our life. So I am just so pleased to have Leanne here with us today. She has really been a pioneer um, in giving voice to uh, a women's uh, empowerment movement, basically, is what I see around financial empowerment and and just really claiming uh, how valuable we are. Uh, let me tell you a little bit more about Leanne, and, and I think you'll understand why she's um, gotten such a, a popular uh, following when you hear our conversation today. Uh, so Leanne Jacobs is the author of Beautiful Money and the founder of Healthy Girl. She has her bachelor's in science in biomedical toxicology, as well as her MBA. She is also a certified yoga and Pilates instructor, as well as a certified clinical nutritionist, which makes her super unique to uh, 
most guests that I have, her, her foundational interest in health and holistic uh, well-being. Um, she's also a detox specialist and, and, as I said, just passionate advocate of holistic wealth, wellness, and entrepreneurship. And uh, she's been featured in the Maryland Dennis Show, Fox News, The Morning Show, Jenny McCarthy Show, Success Magazine, Glamour Magazine, Women's Health, entrepreneur and uh, Marie Claire. Um, and incredibly, she is also mom to four children. And so if you would like to learn more about Leanne, you can visit her site at www.leannejacobs.com. So I'd like to begin, Leanne, by hearing a little bit from you about what excites you most about the work that you do. What excites me most? I think it's a, I would say probably inspiring people to think a little bit more creatively and giving people permission to think outside of the box. Because I know when I was kind of in in a box, it's not that we don't have that capability to think in different and more creative ways, but sometimes we're creatures of habit and we get a little stuck in a rut sometimes and our thinking can get in a pattern, you know, where we forget to be creative. So I think my work is really to just hold space for, especially for women uh, mm. who want more, who want to vibe at a much higher frequency, but they're not really sure, you know, they, they they can sort of see where they want to go, but they can't taste it yet. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of where we are as a humanity so right now. <laughs> and a guide and, and um, really it's, it brings me so much joy um, to connect with women and to, you know, just authentically lead. That's, that's really what my mandate is, is to lead from a place of truth and also lead from a place of wisdom and experience and what I've gone through and what has worked, what hasn't worked. Um, that's, that's really my, my mandate. Mm. Wow. I would love to hear more about uh, the, the birthing of Beautiful Money and what brought mm-hmm. you to write that book. Yeah, so I think I put on my vision board when I was 28 that I wanted to have a book published. Uh, I went to French school when I was young, so my English grammar isn't even that great. <laughs> so the how I really didn't focus on, but I knew, I mean, I, I've always been in a, in a mentorship or leading role, speaking role for many years. Uh, but I knew I wanted to have a voice that was global and that could really help serve at a big level. Um, so I, I was pretty clear that having a book was something that I wanted to to pursue. Um, and then the, the little details and steps in between, it never happens the way you think. But, um, you know, I, I definitely spent many years exploring what is it, you know, that question of like, what's my zone of genius? And I was one of those people who was like, I was good at a lot of, I was good at things, but I, my husband's a musician, right? So like, it's pretty clear what his zone of genius is for creativity. And for me, I was like, what's my zone of genius? I don't think I have one. Um, But then, you know, you realize it's like, I love serving. I have such a deep passion for entrepreneurship, for health, for mentoring, for spirituality. And I didn't necessarily have to have like this specialty in, in, you know, some very specific niche. 
Um, so that was really overcoming that was a big a really big lesson and teacher for me. And as I got more clear on like, what do I want to lead and teach on? It just became evident that really my path is, is a teacher in itself and what I go through can help people and how I deal with challenge and how I, you know, I've always been pretty clear at the manifestation process and how to manifest and um, how to create success and how to goal set. And those have been things that I thought always feel are really trivial. I mean, they're not hard. At the end of the day, there's a bit of a science to it, but what's the bigger, deeper uh, thing that's going on if we're struggling to manifest what we really want or even ask the right questions, or maybe we don't even know what we really want. That seems to be more common, that lack of clarity. So I realized that really I've always been a guide, and um, and so the book sort of evolved, and I never thought I would write a book about money. I always thought it would be more about goal setting or leadership. But then I realized that money is such a beautiful tool and measure of personal leadership and spirituality. And so it was, it was almost like such a perfect metric for all of the things that I love teaching about. Mm-hmm. And then Beautiful Money just kind of randomly was a download when I was like, what's the book going to be called? And there were so many titles it could have been called. And Beautiful Money, it, just, just, it was just like, that's it. <laughs> there was no doubt uh, that was going to be the title of the book. And it's, it could have been called you know, many things, but um, it's very feminine, very based on spiritual principles, um, but very grounded. It's, there's lots of practical tools, and it's really my philosophy. It's, it's really me in a book. Mm. Wow. It, yeah, money is such a fascinating uh, doorway into transformation because everyone interacts with it, and, and it's so tied up to our yeah, our sense of self-worth and, and that inner worth and then also the external and, and very practical, measurable, you know, tangible steps that we can mm-hmm. take and goals that we can have. So I think it's just a brilliant merging of, of you know, the inner and the outer, the rational and the intuitive, spiritual um, aspects. Absolutely. And, you know, you realize, like, you can do it, you can make goal lists. And you can learn the tools. You can seek out mentors, go to courses, read the books. But at the end of the day, if there's not a deeper purpose behind what you're doing and you're, you're leading with ego in any area of your life, you're not going to find joy. So you can have all the money you want. And I was speaking to my publicist about this yesterday. It's like she, you know, she's like, I could make 100 times more dollars than I do, but been there, done that. And if I don't have truth and if it's misaligned with my values and I don't have time to take care of myself and I sleep with anxiety what's the point of the money you know Mm -hmm. and so my husband and I are so in alignment with you know we hold such sacred space with our values and we're very clear because it's our it's our guide and our compass for how we make all of our decisions whether it's our money or our business uh, or our time decisions, we're just so clear on what our values are and we don't negotiate. And one of the things that, you know, I don't language it like this in the book, but it's like, where do you pimp yourself out? You know, where do you say yes when you want to say no? Where do you negotiate your own boundaries to make an extra dollar because sometimes we'll be like, oh, well, I'll, we'll just take on this one more client, this one time. Even though our body is telling us to take a month off and go to yoga, 
we're going to take on another client just one more time, just so we have a little bit more cash in the bank. It's like those little moments where we harm ourselves, and it's very subtle in the beginning. But every time we break a vow, or let, you know, for example, I, I, I'm guilty of this. You know, I used to be like, I'm taking Fridays off. And then an opportunity would come in. It's like, oh, can you just mentor me for 20 minutes on Friday? And I would always say, okay, I'll make an exception. And then a year goes by and I've never taken a Friday off. When it came through my intuition, it was like, I'm supposed to be taking Fridays off. And why do I always break a vow to myself? And so that's really where, what the book's about. It's not about, it's, it's nothing to do with the money. It's like, what's behind the layers? Like, what's behind the money? Money is just a perfect way to observe what you do, your habits, why you do the things you do, who you are. And, and it's like, let, let's do a little more exploration behind, mm. you know, connection with ourselves. And mm. once we really get into alignment, the money comes much easier mm-hmm. and in a much more joyful way. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you saying like, uh, just being able to trust ourselves and that we <laughs> will follow through with and, and be able to speak those yeses and no's and really not get swayed by other people's definitions of success or who we think we should be and just continually. And where are we inauthentic for money? You know, where do we smile pretty and be fake nice and like people please for an extra dollar uh, you know, it's like it's going to come back to haunt you <laughs> at one point, and it's inauthentic. Um, it's really living a lie. So I want to do my part in this lifetime to help women get more in alignment and recognize that that's going to bring them way more money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just heard this Michael Mead podcast. He's one of my favorite. Um, and he was talking about the power of authenticity leading to a feeling of belonging and how that we so crave that as humans to feel belonging. But when we're inauthentic and, you know, putting on these acts and the masks uh, throughout our day that we, we, at the end of the day, we are dissatisfied and, and feeling lonely and uh, anything you'd like to say about that. Yeah. And I think we, we have this fear and I think I'm sure it stems from when we're kids, right? It's like, if we're really true to who we are, we won't belong. And I think the opposite is true. It's just it takes confidence and courage and, and, and uh, a, it, I think it takes a real incredible relationship with oneself to be able to peel those layers and just be completely authentic. And I imagine this is why you've been so well-received and people, you know, your popularity is because of your authenticity. Is there anything you'd like to say about being a woman leader in, in this uh, field and just the importance of authenticity in your business? Yeah, and I think it's been a journey for me because I, you know, I was always labeled as being kind when I was younger. And I mean, I think I still am. Um, you know, people feel kindness from me. and uh, But that can be a detriment because if, if you feel like I, I am kind and that's what you've been told over and over, I fell in a trap of people pleasing. So I would, I would 
really want to make sure I was making you happy. You know, like that was really important to me. And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, but I'm not happy. You know, I've, I'm making all these other people happy, but I'm not happy because I'm, I'm losing a little bit of authenticity. So it's been a journey for me to just trust that being you is is so awesome and it is like so needed in the world and you don't have to try because we all fall into this trap of we'll go on Instagram or we'll see someone with perfect branding and it's like I got I want to be a little more like them online you know or I want my website to look look a little more like them um but it's like no even with Instagram you know like I think my Instagram account could look a little prettier but I, I'm a little messy, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not perfect, like, like, I'm not a perfectionist, and so I think it's important to express who we truly are, and to totally trust the process, that that is awesome, too. Hmm. So let's talk about the power of this authenticity in regards to speaking about money, because it's such a taboo topic. And you've probably experienced what I have when we bring together a group of women to share these intimate secrets about their relationship with money and their struggles. Um, It just really opens a lot of emotions and tears and, and relief to see that they're not alone in their struggles. Um, so I'd love to mm-hmm. hear what your experience has been um, opening, uh, doing these workshops with women and inviting them to share openly about money. Yeah, I, I feel like, I'm sure you've experienced this too, like I feel it's becoming really healing for women to talk about their relationship with money out loud. And there's almost this... Um, movement going on where I've noticed this at my live events where women are, even if they, they're quiet and shy, they will share something very personal about money. And there's this vulnerability, I think, around money that is opening up. And I think it's so amazing because like I know when I was young, you know, my mom was in banking, but we didn't really talk about the details of money or money situation. I knew we would, we were healthy in a financial and as a family, but, um, but we, were, we didn't really talk about it, but my parents really did instill healthy money habits in all of her, their kids. And um, I think that that's really important. And so for me with my little kids, like I have a two, three, a five and 11 year old, and I bring my two and my three year old in the bank when they get birthday money. And I get them a little bank book, old school bank book, because I want them to physically have a relationship with money, even though it's definitely digital, going so digital. Um, But right now, as they're young, I want them to develop that relationship like I had, you know, I remember going to the bank when I was a kid and like the value of money. And I wanted to know I had my own bank account. It just made me feel like I was a leader. So I, you know, even though my, my child is like he runs behind the teller and, you know, he kind of causes a scene at the bank, but I want him to, to understand how empowered he is at a, all three of the little ones at such a young age. And so my husband and I really make sure that we have a value system and open communication is really important. We have a beautiful money map in our bedroom that the kids are part of this map so that they're clear on what our values are as a family and that we'd be fine with nothing. We're not, it's like practicing 
goal setting and having a great vision without attachment. So even though, you know, we were very fortunate to, you know, create income streams that are aligned with our values and we we have a nice home and we have nice cars, we'd be totally fine without this. We're not attached. And I think that that is really powerful to kids, for kids to be in that space. You know, being together and having connection and being healthy, we prioritize that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I have a four and seven year old and it's so cool to watch them realize what money is and what it can do and the choices they have with saving it or spending it or giving it. And just really, uh, it, it is imprinted so, so young, our messages about mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, for sure. So you, you know, as as a mompreneur, I would just love to hear any advice you have about people um, who have families who are entrepreneurs, how how to balance the work home, um, you know, fun for yourself kind of life. What what tips do you have? Balancing the work and the mom (laughs) when there's not really like work hours. I think for, well, I think for, for one thing, uh, it's pretty cool because like my, my stepdaughter who's 11, like she loves baking. And last night she was baking. She's like, her name is Kaya. And she's like, I, I'd like to start a business called Kaya's Cakes. And she loves baking. Like it is a passion of hers. And because my husband and I are both entrepreneurs, we're like, well, let's make it happen. You know, we're all behind her and we're like Instagramming about it. And (laughs) I know she could probably get some orders already. So it's like the creativity is like a living, breathing entity in our home. So regardless of how our kids want to use that creativity, I, I feel that that's so important. And I also feel like, I don't know that you can feel freedom unless you have some type of income that is like an entrepreneurial venture. I think Mm -hmm. it teaches such a powerful leadership. Like even if one of my kids wants to have a day job and a boss, I still want them to have the muscles of having an income stream that is entrepreneurial for what it makes of them. Mm. And in terms of, you know, household, like we're, we're my husband and I are both pretty good. Like we're, we're not, we don't, text and talk to our kids at the same time Mm. when we have dinner and and at night like we're not sometimes we'll have our computer open because you know we might be excited to to check out some website or things like that but we're not we're not parents that are like always need to be connected our kids don't have tablets like we're just not really we, we we don't we make sure that they feel our connection when they're with us we're not perfect, but it's really important to us. I don't check my phone. I don't have my phone ringing in the day. Like my kids never hear a phone ring um, because I want them to feel grounded. And I also want them to be connected and learn connection with people and learn people skills. Like mm-hmm. you see this a lot, right? It's like kids, like my 11-year-old, my like a lot of her friends, they've had phones since I don't even know how young. But uh, we want our kids to still have these incredible people skills. And like, just went out today to buy my my stepdaughter the seven habits for teens. You know, like mm. it's important that our kids are learning this the basic skills and and habits. And then you can layer it on with good tech. But if they don't have the base value and the foundation, um, you know, what's going to happen <laughs> to to world leaders in the future? 
So mm. we want to do our part to make sure we're, we're creating a, a healthy foundation and that it's when we're disconnected. I'm kind of rambling, but when we're not connected, I think things fall apart and our mm-hmm. lives fall apart. And yeah. we're frazzly because we're so teched up and our nerves are shot. Our kids are feeling that. So even mm. if we look pretty and smile, but we're a bag of nerves on the inside and we're all stressed about all these texts and Facebook, like the kids are feeling that from our bodies. Mm-hmm. So I try to really make sure I'm not um, going bananas with technology when I'm spending time with them. Yeah. Yeah. So important. And uh yeah, I'm I'm homeschooling my kids right now and just finding such joy in following their passions and creativity. That's amazing. And, my, I was talking to one of my best friends today, and she just started homeschooling her daughter this week. And she's yeah. like, man, I don't know if you could do it. She's like, I don't know if you could do it. It's a big <laughs> commitment. And I was like, I could probably do it one day a week. But I'm right. in such admiration because I think that is such a gift to the kids. And I also think, wow, like, what what you know what you could teach them and um i think it's amazing congratulations yeah, for, for taking thanks. that on yeah it really is um a joy to watch them unfold and to um yeah uh just be able to oh um see how my relationship as mother feeds my work and how my work has changed mm. since becoming a mother and my depth of intuition and empathy and compassion for others and this creativity and playfulness you know that the kids bring us in every day and the way their imaginations are just you know so nonlinear I feel like it's it's such a great gift in in today's world with so much challenging news out there to to really be in the presence of children yes it's so healing for us (laughs) yeah Ah, um, let's take a quick break here for a word from our sponsor. And then when we get back, I'd love to hear more. Um, you've been doing your podcast, Beautiful Money, for a couple years. and would love to hear some highlights or things that you've learned from, from speaking to all these people um, about these topics. Because um, you've Absolutely. had some amazing guests. Um, so we will be back in just a moment. Do you ever feel like something's missing? Like you're not reaching your full potential? Like you have more to offer the world, but aren't exactly sure what you want to contribute or how to go about it? You're not alone, and we can help. Purpose Playbook is your one-stop shop for tactics, tools, and inspiration designed to help you live a more purposeful and purpose-filled life. Our life-changing Find Your Purpose course is now open for pre-enrollment. This course has helped countless people, like yourself, identify what truly lights them up and how to design their life around it. What are you waiting for? Secure your spot now at www.purposeplaybook.com and take your life, career, and relationships to the next level. Are you ready to enjoy greater financial freedom? Perhaps you're like Emily, a creative entrepreneur who wants to increase her income to provide for her family. Using the free video training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com, she learned the secrets to accessing hidden resources and creating lasting wealth. Emily learned a persuasive negotiation technique to bring in more money with her top clients. 
she boosted her credit score and opened new financial doors while reducing expenses. And she took specific steps to strengthen her existing relationships and create a safety net for her business. With the Discover Your True Wealth training, thousands of women have improved their bank balances and secured their family's future. With this free video course, you'll transform beliefs, behaviors, and skills with money. Take charge of your financial situation with the training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com. Welcome back. We are here with Leanne Jacobs, author of Beautiful Money, and uh, just so inspired by our conversation so far and, and how she is demonstrating and leading a more holistic uh, life that both creates financial prosperity and health and joy while caring for um, young children. And uh, she's, she's totally inspiring. She's also had a podcast, Beautiful Money, for the last two years and had some incredible guests on. And uh, would just love to hear your reflections on, on all the people you've interviewed, any highlights or, you know, messages that really uh, come through strongly about uh, women and money. I think one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice that I got was from Barbara Stanny uh, on when I interviewed her because she was for anybody who doesn't know her, she, her she's the daughter of one of the founders of H and R Block, and um, she went through uh, quite a challenging uh, financial financial situation when she got divorced and she interviewed so many women on you know how they became empowered around money and what habits you require and what knowledge you need and she said after interviewing hundreds of very financially successful women they all said the exact same thing they said you never really feel like you're there and you've made it. You always sort of feel like, what if someone finds me out that I don't really know what I'm doing a little bit on my way? And she said, it really is like that. Like all these amazing women leaders, they still feel a little vulnerable inside. Like, am I really, you know, this successful? And I thought that was really great because that mindset we sometimes have of, I'm not ready yet, or I need to know a little bit more. I'm going to be waiting until I'm perfect to do it. All those thoughts, they really don't serve us. And so when she said that, it was really freeing for me because when I was writing Beautiful Money, I was having babies and I was going through a renovation and my life was a little nutty and I was probably doing too many things and running a podcast. And, and I thought, you know, she just kind of made me feel like, yes, they everybody feels that way. And you're on the right path and you're on the right track and, when you wait for everything to be perfect, it's just like it never happens. You know, you never you never get the boat out of the dock. So that was really powerful when, when she sort of just affirmed how I think all leaders think anyway, but she, she just affirmed that that was the common denominator with every successful woman she interviewed. Mm. Yeah, I actually interviewed her a couple months ago and, and was so inspired by how she overcame hardship and um, the resilience, I just, yes. you know, was just really struck by that. And 
and curious, you know, if if you have anything to say about resilience and kind of adapting to change, either personally, professionally, as a whole species right now, and what's required for that. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a, the last three years have been incredibly transformational on a personal level uh, and on a business level and have required me to dig deep and pull every ounce of <laughs> leadership I have because you all, some, especially when you have kids, like sometimes I, I used to feel that, you know, I would set a goal and just make it happen you know, because I'm only responsible for myself and I had no dependence. And, and when you're responsible for energetically leading a family and leading children and babies and you're running a business, there are times when you just, you know, you have days where you're like, is this my path? Is this what I'm supposed to do? And you start questioning. And I never, I never had that before. Like I never felt that fear came in, but I would always move anyway. But I I did find through, you know, being an entrepreneur and birthing children at the same time that fear can get the best of you, even if you feel like you're strong-minded and and you've got, like, athletes strong. It can take over and consume you if you're not careful. So that was really challenging for me and, and having a lot going on in my life. And for me, a very strong spiritual practice uh, is is a necessity, uh, making sure my inner world is always more prioritized over my outer world. That's sometimes difficult to do as a female who's got a lot going on, but uh, having a solid yoga practice, um, taking very good care of myself, having rituals is very, it's part of my day. Um, I may not be structured in terms of a calendar. I'm not really a time person. Like I don't own a watch or there's no clocks in our home. But uh, but I definitely have extremely good habits, and uh, I have rituals to keep myself grounded. And I don't. If I didn't have that, uh, I don't know where I would be today. Uh, because there are days when it's like maybe I'll just be a mom and make jam, you know, and and uh, and that's okay too. But when you know it's it may not be your dharma, and you're doing it to hide, that's a different story. So that's been part of, you know, my path and, and really making well-being the, the priority of my day. That, that's, that's sort of a mantra for me. Uh, because when I'm not well and when I'm out of alignment, um, who am I serving? It's to be authentic, mm-hmm. right? I could, I could mm-hmm. fake teach and teach from a place of intellect but not wisdom, uh, but I, I would never feel, I would feel so fraudulent. So it's not that, that I, I try to be perfect, but I do try my best every day. And I let go when something doesn't serve me anymore. I also, I truly don't feel that I lead from ego. Uh, I'm totally okay uh, mentoring people who, who have greater success than me. Um, you know, like... I don't lead from ego, and I know we all get tripped up by ego, but, but I really am heart-centered, uh, and I work on that every day. And when ego comes in, I'm, I, I'm really aware of it, and I do what I can to let go um, things that don't serve. And I think that one of my mentors said, you know, getting successful, it's not what you learn, it's what you let go of, and I found that to be true. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 
And the importance of having mentors and, and that exchange and the humility of, of realizing that we're lifelong learners as well is so mm-hmm. important. The other thing that I found uh, in my own path, and maybe some people listening can resonate, is I'm such a my, I have a student archetype in me, and I I love being a student, and I think it's why you know I spent so much time in school, and then like I wanted to be a student of yoga and Pilates and nutrition and spirituality, and but at one point you got to graduate to teacher in some areas, and that was uncomfortable for mm-hmm. me. And if you have teacher in your archetype, sometimes you might hide in your student too much and keep hiring coaches and keep signing up for courses. And sometimes you have to discipline yourself to say, like, I had to do this. And my husband pointed out, like, you don't need another course. You don't need to hire a mentor. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to teach. And I had people out of nowhere that I barely knew that were like energy healers that randomly came up to me. And it was the most bizarre experience. And they were like, you're struggling to step into your teacher, and it's time. And I was like, how did you know that this is something that I'm dealing with? It was so strange. But sometimes the absurd things that happen, it's like you know they're on purpose. And I realized that it's really comfy to be a student and to put yourself out there and to teach. Like I've been asked for 10 years to host weekend retreats, right? Like, and it's not the content I have a fear of. It's that vulnerability of like holding space for a big group for, for a big chunk of time, you know, and also being vulnerable and, be, and putting yourself out there like, what if nobody comes? You know, what if nobody pays? There's all kinds of things that go on with, with teaching. And, and I also find a lot of people, it's like, it's easy to teach a course if you're teaming up with someone because there's less mm-hmm. pressure on you, right? But to do it all on your own, it's scary, and I've done it many times, so I know how scary it is, and you want to throw up. <laughs> it's out of the comfort zone. But I realized that that timing is important, too. Like, for me to be starting, a, like, I'm doing a global master class, and there was a lot of fear, huge, in not in the content, but in just the energy of, like, you're full on the stage as teacher. Like, you can't run away. You can't book other speakers. Like, this is all you. Um, and I used to do that. I used to run events all the time, and I would book a ton of speakers. And I could kind of sit in my student and be all cozy. And some of the speakers would even say, why aren't you speaking? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good answer. So I guess all this to say that for any of you who are, you know, like, from the outside, people might think you're teaching because you're coaching, or but maybe you're, it's time for you to graduate to your next level of teacher and you're kind of hiding a bit in your student. Uh, that I, I feel that, and I, I have compassion because that's a tough one. When you're kind of going to the bottom of a new mountain, that takes all of your power, your courage, your vulnerability, everything. And... Um, so, yeah, so that's, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs, but if you're a teacher holding space for people, uh, and, and I feel a lot of people are in that space right now. I've had a lot of people that I know are yoga teachers who are like, I'm supposed to graduate to something new, but I'm known as a yoga teacher. I'm really good at it. I have popularity. I've got a tribe. So you could be really good at something, but it doesn't mean you're supposed to, you know, maybe it's also time to graduate into the unknown and the scary. Mm. Oh, I I think that's so important for for a lot of listeners and 
women in particular, you know, we've been traditionally more in a supportive role and caring about the needs of others and how yeah. to actually step into sharing embodied wisdom that is um, is very powerful. And uh, I, I think that's really, um, really a beautiful, beautiful message for people. Um, a couple places I'd like to go here at the end of the conversation um, if you can think about a little practice that you would, I'm sure you have so many, but something you'd like to share at the end of the call that people could do, um, you know, thinking that there are a lot of entrepreneurs, women, maybe mothers uh, listening. Um, that could be anything based on what we've talked about. And before we uh, go into the practice, just wanted to, we both use this term like true wealth and just wanted to talk mm -hmm. about that for a moment because I feel like it's such an important reframe to really look at wealth as, as our overall sense of well-being. And, and for me, true wealth has four components. It has the financial piece, of course, but then it's also got inner wealth and our inner resources, emotional intelligence, um, spiritual connection, and then our relational wealth and our network of, of connections, and then finally our environmental wealth and our not only our um, air, water, and land, but also our home environment, our work environment, and uh, so I, I have found such empowerment uh, with people using this true wealth template because it takes the pressure off it all being about money. You know, so many mm -hmm. people's self-worth is tied up with exclusively their bank account or how much they're making. And so I find that we can more actively heal the money stuff when we have a bigger picture of our values and and why we're doing what we're doing and um, just curious what your perspective is on a more holistic sense of wealth. I'm going to, I guess, use a little bit of a story for this. Um, I use the word truth a lot lately um, because I'm all about, I, I'm on like a rampage on truth. <laughs> Um, your body doesn't lie. Your intuition know, is telling you truth. Um, so for me, I think true wealth, in my experience, lives in the simple. And when I look at truth, like true wealth, it means it it makes you vibe high. Like there's a joy, there's a peace, there's a harmony about it. Uh, and we get lost sometimes in complexity and in like too many, too much researching and data and intellect and like, oh, we got to learn this, we got to learn investing, we got to figure out tax strategies, we got to figure out how to do a podcast and like get perfect on Instagram, and we lose our our sense of ourselves and what our gifts and our connection with ourselves, and we can get lost in the busyness. So I found that simplification and, and getting back to grounded nature has been where beautiful money lies. Um, but it can be a process to get back home. <laughs> and it can take time. And I think being patient, you know, I'm somebody who is such a doer that if I'm not careful, I can go into hustle mode too much and make it happen. Uh, but it always backfires when you do that. So I'm learning patience is, is the virtue that I'm learning in this lifetime all over and over and over again. Uh, but, but 
I remember hearing Wayne Dyer say once that uh, we may think we want to take the elevator to success, but we really want to take the stairs because we have to grow in, like, we have to grow into that true wealth. You know, we have to be a person who can handle it, who, and for me, it all comes back to legacy and what I really, what my real message about beautiful money is, is legacy. And if I have time, I'll give you a perfect example of this. Uh, my husband and I have acquired sure, yeah. this. My husband and I have acquired this brilliant, high vibing product um, that is a food product, but it's uh, it's incredible. And um, I have a dear friend who who uh, could no longer grow the company. And um, so, anyway, in that we were talking. My husband and I were talking in the car about the cost. You know, because the cost of growing it and how much it was going to cost. And my husband just randomly said a number out loud. He's like, this is, I said, how much is it going to cost for us to have the the scale to be able to really grow this company to the level it deserves? And he just randomly said a number. And within an hour, uh, I had an inheritance check from my grandmother for the exact amount he said out loud an hour before. What? Whoa. And isn't that amazing? And for me, I was just, I had tears because I'm like, this is legacy, right? Like, yes, I could spend that money on a trip for my family. And there's lots of ways I could spend my grandmother's, but it's her energy. And imagine her energy could fuel this gorgeous, high-vibing company that is our family's company now that will live on for generations. And I'm all about, you don't have to have kids to think about money in terms of legacy, but it's your energy. You want it to move through generations and heal the world and help the world. And so how you create your own legacy, it's not just about the money, but it's about like your values, what you stand for, your voice, um, what potential wisdom, you know, you want to share through books or videos or having a YouTube channel. But to me, it's all about, I think about that, my choices. I'm always thinking about, is this creating legacy or is this just like instant gratification or something that just has really no meaning to me? So that's really the message behind Beautiful Money is like, it's it's true legacy, and I think if we taught our younger generation about the concept of leverage and legacy earlier in their life, they would make smarter choices and money would, they would respect money more. They would um, do, do grandness with it. And we would have a lot more leaders in the world running companies and countries with consciousness and mindfulness. And I think we're, we're moving in that direction, um, but I think we really want to empower first ourselves and then future generations. Oh, I'm so touched by that. Um, <clears throat> I just really encourage people to tune in for a moment and just really think about that, what, what your unique legacy is, what matters most to you, and what actions are you taking in your everyday life to, to create this uh, the, uh, 
generosity that can be shared with with future generations and and it really is you know um an honoring of those who have come before us like your grandmother and and really a discernment of knowing what is most valuable to keep what seeds do we want to preserve and to pass on and and is it important to have clean water and really take a stand for these most valuable things in a time of such uh, transition and upheaval and uh, just got shivers when you were telling that story and just the synchronicity and and the support that we have seen and unseen right now to really play our part in our dharma and and really create the change that we want in this world uh, so thank you for speaking so boldly uh, for, for that more beautiful money I appreciate uh I appreciate you reaching out and and uh this conversation and I think you know there's so I have so many friends that are in the money space and I find that conversation is becoming a lot more spiritual around money even if it's somebody that is speaking traditionally uh in terms of investing and things like that like there's there's a deeper conversation that's happening around money globally which I think is is really powerful and I think the openness uh is is really people are questioning more you know like I don't even have time to spend my money. So what's the point of being so busy? Like these types of questions, I think people are starting to ask themselves, like what's the point of having all this money if, you know, I feel like a fraud or I have no time or I have zero connection or I'm totally ungrounded or I can't even like enjoy, I don't even notice the little details of nature because I'm so busy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I've just talked to so many people who are um, pursuing purpose-driven uh, investments and the way that women are really stepping into leadership and uh, a huge wealth transfer is happening now from baby boomers passing on to the millennial generation and what values do they have and and how things will shift as, as that wealth transfer is happening um, and I really appreciate it. You know, it feels similar to the Me Too movement around women moving past or breaking through their shame of speaking about the violence and the um, the sexual, you know, uh, traumas that have happened to find healing and and. Um, and strength in in knowing that they're not alone and and I see like the similar parallel to more people talking about money and and the struggles yes. of being you know in this consumerist society and that oh my gosh people are suffering no matter what how much money they have in the bank account there is a lot of fear and uh, scarcity and and uh, trauma that's happened because of our financial system yes absolutely. So is there any particular practice um, that you feel inspired to share with listeners? I think for me it's uh it's it's kind of simple. I I've committed to making uh short meditations part of my daily practice and the reason is it's cuz it kind of like moves you inward <laughs> because we can get lost easily, especially if you've had like a really busy day. Sometimes it's just like lying on the floor with with quiet or some music. Um, I don't know. I just feel like my day 
seems to flow better when I do it and when I don't. And I'm such a doer that for the past 10 years, one of my teachers has said, like, Leanne, when you start meditating, you watch what happens. And I was like, I don't know. I'll get there. I'll do it. You know, after my kids are five, (laughs) I would always have a reason. And I don't know why I resisted it so much because it's so simple. And yes, I do it when I go to yoga or, you know, I would do it if I'm at a retreat, but to just do it on my own, I would rather find something productive to do by nature. Um, But I'm telling you, as soon as I started to do it, even like five minutes, magic starts happening in your day. And it It doesn't have to be an hour and it doesn't have to be so structured. It doesn't have, there's no wrong, right or wrong answer. I sometimes will use the Insight Timer app and just pick a meditation. Sometimes I just put music on. Sometimes I'm just quiet. Um, But it's, it's just something that it's like helps let go and it helps to, and I also have a bath every day. For me, because I'm such an empath, for anybody who listens to Dr. Judith Orloff, like the intuitive empath, that is me. So I will take on the emotions and energy of other people when I'm around them. And um, so I have to be more disciplined around rituals for well-being. Uh, And I have like a detox bath with Himalayan salts every single night because it like washes the energy and emotions off other people. And if I'm not careful, I can feel an emotion that I'm like, why am I even carrying this? Like it doesn't, it's not even my own experience, but I'm carrying somebody else's. So, um, so that's, those are two things very simple that I do. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I green juice every day. I, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty structured in terms of my health and supplements. That's part of my day. And then the rest of the time, like I'm not a time, I don't manage my time with detail. Like I, I like more space in my calendar than planning, than stuff. If I have too much going on in my calendar, I can't breathe. So for me, it's all about I need to feel like I can breathe. Um, so that's that's for me. Uh, those are just some of the things that I do. Oh, thank you. I know as as women, it can be really hard to prioritize ourselves, and yet I have found, too, as being a mother, the more I can uh, take that time for myself, and even if it's only five or 15 minutes in the morning and night to meditate and uh, fill up my own cup, and I can be of service <laughs> with um with greater joy and yeah. uh, and really connect more connected to my intuition as well and uh, just more in alignment. So those are great um, great advice for people. So if people have enjoyed what you shared today, tell us a little bit more about um, how they can connect with you online and your upcoming workshop. Yeah, so I, um, you can join my Beautiful Money Insider group uh, just on my website. You can check that out. It's beautiful, or leannejacobs.com. And if you're in the New York area on March 25th, I have a Beautiful Money Masterclass happening at Lowe's Hotel. And if you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to beautifulmoney.com and all the details and cities are there as well. Hmm. Wonderful. Um, I've been so inspired by your perspective, the wisdom you carry, and how it really uh, speaks to what I feel like so many women who are stepping into their power as entrepreneurs, as breadwinners, as head of the household, and um, just so many ways um, are are experiencing um, 
what closing thoughts do you have? <sighs> Just make sure you're breathing <laughs> during your day. Um, I think, I think again, one of my teachers said all dysfunction and disorder is due to lack of breath. And I have truly found this to be true. Like when I'm rushing too much or I have too much on my plate or I've overcommitted or people please or if I'm doing too much and I'm like shallow breathing, uh, there's so much tension that kind of gets blocked, like blocks all of our body and, and honestly it blocks money. It blocks the flow of money inward. And the other thing that happens is when we're so busy and disorderly like that, we tend to hemorrhage money uh, just because we're not mindful. So we spend more and less can make its way to us. So it it messes us up financially as well. So true. I just love how practical and spiritual you are and such a beautiful merging of, of those uh, to approaches to dealing with not only our finances, but like you said, so much more, creating a satisfying, joyful life and, and ultimately creating this legacy of, of true wealth and well-being that we can pass on, um, whether we have children or not, to the future generations and just truly see um, how the uh, beautiful money movement is so engaging and uh, the vitality that it, that it's bringing in such a time of need. And so I hope everyone who's listening was inspired today by Leanne Jacobs and that you check out her website, book, and also listen to her podcast, Beautiful Money, because uh, we, we have really imagined together the more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money-m-o-r-p-h-o-s-i-s.com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.